Welcome back to the Gigabyte Weekly Podcast. Again, not so weekly. We had a bit of a hiatus there. Markets have been moving quite a lot, so we've been focusing on other things. But we're back, and we're doing a bit of a recap in this episode, kind of going over, well, most of you are probably aware, what happened with Luna and UST. We want to offer maybe a bit of a more comprehensive, but also equally quite understandable um, explanation of what happened. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. And we're live. James, how are you? Great, Sam. Fantastic to be back at the Not So Weekly podcast, but equally as exciting. Yeah, it's funny. The first episode we did back, we said that we're finally going to go back to actually doing a weekly or even bi-weekly. And it's probably been about a month since we did the last one. And a lot's happened since then, James. Markets have been really volatile. There's a lot of turmoil in equity markets, not just um, digital asset markets. Um, NFTs are even moving crazy. Anything of note in the last month? I mean, there's a thousand and one things we could possibly talk about. But as you said... You know, today's all about Luna and UST and really what went wrong. And, you know, for all our listeners, this will be a more technical podcast because we'll be going into figures, algorithms, algorithm stablecoins, etc. Yeah, so I suppose the best way is for me to lead us into it. So if for some reason you didn't already know, Terra USD or UST uh, is a crypto that is supposed to stay at one dollar, right? It's a stablecoin. We've talked about these before. And it's no longer a dollar, which is a pretty big problem when it's supposed to be. Um, so what's more, the crypto token that backs UST is called Luna. That has lost virtually all of its value. Um, so how, what, do you know what the number is, James, in terms of losses? It's, you know, most exchanges are quoting 100% loss. Uh, it's about, you know, it's about 99.998. You know, it's, it's gone from over $100 to 0.0004, I believe. So that, in terms of market capitalization terms, that's about a $40 billion loss. There and about. And in the same time, the circulating supply of Luna went from about $360 million to well over $6.4 trillion. Which is just mental. So to taking, taking another step back here, right? I'm not talking about the mass capitulation that we saw on this. Um, let's talk about stablecoins. So we've talked about USDT before. And, you know, if, if all of your crypto news comes from this podcast, which I hope it doesn't, um, you only know two stable coins, which is USDT and UST, which are both iffy at best. Um, so there's a couple flavors of stable coins, most notably USDT, which we've spoken about before, USDC, Binance USD or BUSD and DAI. So also quite notably, we had Terra USD or UST. That's what we're talking about today. So these are the five biggest stable coins and they represent, well, they did roughly about $160 billion of value, which is ginormous, right? Three of these stable coins are centralized stablecoins. So USDT, USDC, and BUSD are centralized and they're collateralized by these centralized entities. So these entities own a treasury of dollars that back what they're saying is their, you know, their stablecoin. So you can redeem a dollar for their stablecoin at any time. And I'd like to just add to that, Sam, a stablecoin doesn't necessarily have to be pegged to a dollar. It just has to be pegged to a stable asset. So we have um, gold USDT, which is pegged to the value of a troy ounce of gold yeah that's that's i don't don't think that's too popular now <laughs> um so then we've also got die right die is a different um in that it's collateralized and backed by a diversified portfolio of crypto assets so instead of being issued by a centralized entity like the ones i said before it's a decentralized entity which is a dao right so a dao is a decentralized autonomous organization i don't want to go into that right now because that's a whole kettle of fish but it's managed by a dao called maker dao 
and they control DAI, right? MakerDAO is one of the biggest DAOs. It's a big community, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they're pretty much over-collateralizing their stablecoin by their portfolio of crypto, right? And that's how they're backing it. UST now is different again. So UST is not collateralized at all. It's called an algorithmic stablecoin. So it's powered by the Terra protocol. And instead of being backed by one-to-one dollars or backed by a portfolio and decentralized identity, it's backed by its own token called Luna. So James, do you want to give a brief outline of what Luna is and you know how the two interact? Yeah, so I mean, you can't talk about Luna unless you talk about UST. So Terraform Labs is the company that, that controls both. And Luna is classified as the sister coin to UST. So it's important to remember that UST is or was the priority for Terraform Labs at all costs. And they were more than willing to sacrifice the holders and the price of Luna. So Luna was built in order to support the algorithmic, sta- algorithmic stablecoin. And the way an algorithmic stablecoin works is there has to be a sister coin token that can be minted and burned in order to maintain this peg so as pressure fluctuates between the buy side and the sell side the algorithm backing the stablecoin mints and burns luna so that's what maintained the um the one dollar peg and on top of that uh terraform labs decided to buy three billion dollars worth of bitcoin to back up their stablecoin now they purchased that Bitcoin, I think, at a spot, an average spot price of about forty-three thousand dollars. Bitcoin today is about twenty-nine thousand dollars. So that's the problem. The, 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 the reserves to back, which were, it was, it was under reserved, and the part that was reserved was backed by assets that fluctuate too much. Yeah, like it's if you're backing up an asset by something that you know it's supposed to be more solid, like whether it's a dollar in some cases or gold, like you mentioned. They have to be not volatile assets, right? Because one sharp move in the price of Bitcoin and your your reserves are in the dirt. Yeah, just, you know, with that, I mean, I suppose one minute advantage of holding crypto as a reserve is holders can track us. So we know that Terraform Labs, Terraform Labs had that Bitcoin because they published their wallet address. We could see it. The difference with Tether is we can't see it. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that now they uh, they filed with uh, in the US basically with the um, I don't know some governmental entity, and basically they said we don't want to share what's backing our stablecoin. We want that to be private, and they've just been told yesterday or today they now have to. So we're going to find out what really backs USDT. Yeah, so that financial actually organization authority was the new was New York. So they're regulated in New York, and that's where most stablecoins that have any regulation are regulated. Uh, mainly because New York has very lax financial laws. It's why, why, it's why Wall Street is in is on Wall Street. Um, so even if you look at Tether, Tether's technically a, a, a regulated stablecoin in New York. BUSD is regulated in New York. So BUSD is a separate legal entity to Binance. So BUSD is in the same category as Binance US. So they're two separate companies. Yeah. Um, so... Just to kind of summarize in like a, a line or two what James was saying, because I, I appreciate the burn mint mechanism might be kind of complicated to understand. So when UST's price is too high, so whatever it's over or under a dollar, whatever that may be, the protocol incentivizes users to burn or destroy Luna, and they mint or make UST. When UST's price is too low, the protocol incentivizes users to burn or destroy UST and mint or make Luna. So you can kind of see it's... Circular, someone maybe call it a little bit Ponzi-nomics, um, which is a whole subset of economics that some for some reason exists now. Um, you could definitely see 
issues with that. Like it's it sounds good on the surface and it works until it doesn't. And like James said, you know, it was a big market move when the Luna Foundation guard, the LFG, announced that they'd be buying it was actually said to be ten billion dollars in Bitcoin, not three. And, you know, everyone was excited because okay, now they're they're over collateralizing. It's not just Luna that's backing it. But the problem was, like we'd said, they're backing it by an incredibly volatile asset in a downtrend market when equities are falling. And to make matters worse, the Luna Foundation actually shot themselves in the foot by selling that Bitcoin because they further increased the the downside pressure on Bitcoin, which then further increased the withdrawals of UST. Yeah. Like the total supply of Luna went from about 725 million tokens on May 5th to 7 trillion on May 13th. So, you know, it lost 99.9% of its value. Um, you know, we were watching it happen live on charts, you know, when UST de-pegged, right? So it was floating at around 95 cents when it's supposed to be a dollar for a while. We weren't actually too worried because this happened last summer where there was a de-pegging event and Luna restored the peg. So we we figured, okay, this is interesting. Um, let's keep an eye on it, right? We weren't we weren't too exposed to it or anything. We were, we were comfortable just watching. And then the sell happened. And when the LFG started selling Bitcoin, market pressures, you know, that sell pressure pushed the price of Bitcoin down. And when the price of Bitcoin went down, it all started collapsing. And, you know, the fallout of this, Sam, is to put a big word on it, kind of monumental, because it raises the question, what place do stablecoins have in the digital in the digital asset market? Like, I appreciate that a settlement currency and I'm calling them a currency for argument's sake at, um, in, the, in, in this discussion, a settlement currency is so important because digital assets move at a pace that the traditional financial markets can't move at. They're open 24-7, 365 days a year. So we need a stable settlement asset currency, whatever you want to call it. And you know, up, up until now, that has been stable coins. And whilst, yes, some are in better positions than other, it does raise that question, you know, what's... What's what's to come from this? Well, absolutely, and like we've been worried about what USDT would would end up looking like in a couple of years. Um, you know, it's kind of a monster, and we recommend avoiding it. To be honest, um, you know, there's rumors that it's partially backed by Chinese property, which you know, if you're familiar, the Evergrande crisis and stuff. Chinese property is a little hot right now. Um, you know, it it raises a lot of questions about stablecoins place. Um, you know, in in the decentralized market or, or crypto, right, you want decentralized entities, but it looks so far that you really want to be operating with the centralized entities of stablecoins. Yeah, and actually, Sam, what happened to Tether? Tether depegged, didn't it? For a little bit, yeah. About 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I think, $10 billion was moved off Tether the second that happened because people were terrified of the same thing and, and to be honest that that fear still exists right now people are really watching what happens with stables right now and you know not so stable coins they should be probably be called at this point yeah i mean you know we could do a whole separate podcast on why tether depegged and it has nothing to do with why luna depegged and everything to do with the difference uh the, the different blockchains that tether is is listed on but it does you know going back to i believe it was our second or third podcast sam in season one, where we talked about the dangers of Tether, it, it, you know, it feels very fresh again. Yeah, I mean, everyone's digging these things up now that I said before. Tether going to have to make some of their holdings public. Um, it's it's an interesting time. So I suppose, you know, just just be cautious. Keep an eye on things. Um, stable coins might not be as stable as people kind of thought they would be. 
And yeah, I think that's that's probably actually the episode there, James. I think just a quick recap of what actually happened, an understanding of what the assets were. And, you know, maybe do you, do you have any thoughts, just closing thoughts on what the impact going forward on the market from this event would be? You know, I think that macro, the macro environment is so unfavorable for risk on assets. And when you take the level of risk that digital assets are in, in the risky asset realm, it's, you know, they're top of the top of the charts so until we see a changing trend you know i don't i don't know if it's going to be a consolidation period maybe we get a v-shaped recovery maybe maybe there's still a bit more downside the 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 best thing we can do is just watch the market and especially what we're doing at the moment is watching watching stable coins and also just watching what the big players are doing like the likes of three hours capital they have enough liquidity to do some serious harm to stable coins seeing how, how they're reacting you know we saw um, Galaxy Digital put out a big statement today regarding their UST and Luna losses. And, you know, they're going to be reporting what everyone believes to be a $300 million hit in their earnings report coming up. So it's crazy times. Crazy times it is. I think we'll leave it there, guys. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll see you at some point. I, I don't want to claim next week, but we'll, we'll, we'll be back soon with some more interesting content. Thanks for listening. <laughs>